we want to finish uh, up this series called Free in just a strong way as we, as we really kind of just uh, take an inventory of our lives and, and look at some things. Now, I want you to hold up these stones that you should have received as you came in. Would you hold those up? All right. If you did not receive them, there are some right in the back. Paul Robinson is back there. And I just want to apologize to our ushers today as they, uh, as they tried to give you stones. And the looks that I saw many of you give them was like, what? Do what? What am I supposed to do with this? All right. So we're going to be uh, doing something uh, today because this is really going to symbolize a lot of things that we've talked about in this series. As we've talked about our burdens and the things that really hold us back, the weights which so easily beset us as we looked at Hebrews chapter 12 last week, the thing, the sins in our lives, the struggles that we face. But these are going to represent us in many ways and we're going to represent different things in our lives today. So as you look at it, I really kind of want you to hold on to it, be a tactile sense for you um, during this whole service. Now, I, again, let me say that again. I want you to hold on to it in your seats, okay? This is not an opportunity for you to not necessarily like what we say or what I say today and for you to chunk this at me, okay? So I know many of you have already thought that a, a few times, especially for those that are up front this morning. We want to make sure they, they might be a better shot than some of you. But here's what I'm going to tell some of you, okay? You may throw it up here and you'd better hit me because once it's up here, I may be throwing it back at you, okay? Now that doesn't sound much like Jesus Christ today, but we're going to, uh, we're going to look at this. But as you look at these rocks... These stones that are in your hands, I mean, they're all very different. Mine is kind of triangular-shaped. They, they all have different crevices, and some are smooth, and some are rough, and, and different things are going on uh, as, you, as you look at these, as you think about that. And, and it really represents our own uniqueness before God today, doesn't it? I mean, there's not a single person in this room that is exactly like anyone else. There are even twins in this room, and they are not exactly alike. And as you look at this, the mineral makeup of each of these stones are, are totally unique to us, right? They're totally unique to, to who we are. And we are totally unique uh, to God. And, and, and as we look at these things, as we look at the things in our lives that, that we may struggle with today. But I also want to show you something today that we are very, uh, what I call a, uh, a totemistic people. Now that word totemistic, it has that word totem in it. And go, okay, where does that come? Well, it's a it's a world religion type of term, but it simply means this. We have all kinds of things in our life that represent other things in our lives. I'm going to borrow someone. I didn't tell him I was going to do this. Luke, I want you to come up here for a second, all right? Would you come up here? Luke's going, great. What did I do? All right. So, Luke, turn around. Now, Luke, where do you think Luke has been this week? Honduras. Luke has been to Honduras, all right? And so I'm so excited that Luke and Bart, this was Luke's senior year, so excited they got to experience this as, uh, as father and son in, on, on this trip. But so oftentimes when we go places, we buy these things at gift shops and other places. What do we call them? Souvenirs, right? And so Luke bought this shirt to represent a specific time in his life. Thank you, Luke. You can go sit down. So it represents, yeah, Luke's going great, all right? I'm so excited about that. It represents certain things in our lives, and, and we have all kinds of things. I'm a very totemistic person. I have things all over my office that represents very specific things. Matter of fact, um, I was on that very first trip, that water well trip that we, that we drilled a water well in Honduras. I was with Perry on that trip. And I have two rocks from the very bottom of that well. The last borings that we took up out of that well had two stones in it, uh, had many stones in it, but I picked out two. I gave one to Bart, and I kept one for myself to remind me of that very first trip into Honduras and that life-giving water that was there. 
In my office at home, I have a little plastic fireman. It looks just like a little plastic soldier, but it is blue, and it sits on my shelf. It is always there, and it represents one of my closest friends in all my life, a man named Alan Huddleston who lives in northwest Arkansas, and he is a fireman. And every time I see that fireman, it makes me think of Alan and his family in the life as he lost his dad many, several years ago as I went through the loss of my parents. And we walked together. We were college roommates. And we have walked through life together. We've gone on vacations together. We have worked. Uh, we've raised our kids around each other. My kids call him Uncle Alan. They call me Uncle Randy. We are that close. We are like brothers. So we represent things in our lives. And these stones are going to represent all the burdens and things of our life. And we're going to do some things with these stones today to simply represent and to close out this series. Now, if you're visiting with us today, thank you so much for being here. We've been doing this series on things in our life that we need to be free from. The opportunity of not just that we're free for uh, just to be free, but we're free in order to accomplish other things in our lives that God wants us to. And there are all kinds of burdens and things that burden down our lives that we need to be free from. And so these are going to be representative of that today. I want to go to that passage that Pastor Danny uh, spoke out just a few minutes ago. It's Isaiah chapter 61 verses 1 and 2, we're going to start off with this. But this is a messianic passage. It is a passage that points forward to Jesus Christ. Jesus actually quotes this passage in a part of this passage as he speaks about himself in his ministry. And so we're going to look at Isaiah 61. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. Now, I absolutely love that. Jesus Christ is our sovereign Lord. And what sovereign really means is this. He is absolutely in control. Amen? Amen? Do you believe that? Jesus Christ is absolutely in control. Amen? Amen. So if we believe that, it's just like as I went uh, just a couple weeks ago, I was sitting in this man's office. He knew I was a pastor. We've met uh, several different times over the last several years. And he had a client coming into his office after me. And he said, this lady is really uptight. She is really upset. She is a Christian, but she just sees our world falling apart. And she's panicked. She's reading her Bible. She's seeing things in the end, end times. And, she's, and he goes, I really want to know what your end time view is. That's a word called eschatology. I knew what he was talking about. Knew what he wanted to know from me. And I said, Rick, here's the situation. I said, we could talk about that. I said, but the truth of the matter is this. As the church of Jesus Christ, we are called to be prepared. Prepared for Jesus to return. Amen? Prepared for all hell to break loose in our world. We are to be prepared. We are not to be panicked, right? The reason we can be prepared and not panicked is because Jesus Christ is the sovereign Lord. Amen? We know, we've read the end of the book. We know how it ends, right? So we can rest in that, knowing that he's going to give us the strength to go through that and that we need to be free from all these things that we've been talking about in, in, in this series so that we can be ready to do what our sovereign Lord calls us to do. That's the bottom line. It says this, for the Lord has anointed me. To bring the good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted. And to proclaim that captives will be released. And prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. Now when it mentions the time of the Lord's favor. What it's actually referring to is the Old Testament understanding of something called the year of Jubilee. 
the year of Jubilee happened every 50 years. Every seventh year, the children of Israel were to allow their crops to be fallow. In other words, allow the land to replenish itself every seven years. But every 50th year was called the year of Jubilee. And this year of Jubilee, here's what would happen. If you had raked up credit in your life, okay, you didn't have credit cards that you would swipe. What would happen is, as you got so indebted to someone else, you would become what was called a bond servant or a bond slave. Now, I know you guys go to work every day and you go into corporations in different places. That does not mean you are a bond slave to those corporations. You still get to go home at night, all right? Is there anybody in here who does not get to go home at night from your job? All right. (laughs) You fly on airplanes and that's not necessarily true. Now, you stop that, Pete, all right? That is a little bit true for you, Pete, but sometimes you still get to go home eventually. But you're not bond servants or slaves. But if you raked up a certain number of de- amount of debt, you would have to go and live in someone else's house and eat the food that they might give you, and you were their bond servant for a number of years. But on every year of Jubilee, this 50th year, what happened was all bond servants were released of their debts. And this is the picture of what Isaiah is foretelling about Jesus. That Jesus says, I'm going to release you from these things that hold you bound. And then he says, and he sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. Now, we're going to retrace our steps that we've been through in this series. We're going to think about the things that we've talked about. We're going to think about the things that have held us bondage in bondage and held us burdened to many of these things and I want to walk you through some questions that come straight from this passage and the first one is this do you feel poor because what Jesus says I came to bring good news to the poor if you've ever been around someone who lives in a constant state of seeing themselves as poor you know what I'm talking about now we can talk about this from a financial standpoint we could talk about this from a relational standpoint, that we are poor in relationships. You could talk about it as being poor or lacking in almost any sense of the word, of any sense of, of attribute of your life. But my grandmother was a lady who, understand, who understood what poor was. She grew up in the Great Depression. I was so excited to see this picture. Monday was, for Jennifer and I, was our 22nd anniversary, and she posted a fi- picture on Facebook And it shows she and I leaving North Fort Worth Baptist Church right over here where we were married 22 years ago. And as we were leaving and people were throwing bird seed, it has a beautiful picture of Jennifer kind of hiding herself from the the bird seed. And my grandmother, what I called Granny, standing right next to her, just the biggest smile on her face. And all of my family that commented just commented about seeing her because, you know, it's been many years since she's been gone out of our lives. But that lady was, was a woman who at the end of her life, she had accumulated a nice nest egg to give to, to her heirs and, and, and family. She wasn't a rich lady, but it was something that she had worked for all her life. But she knew what it was to be poor. She grew up in the Great Depression. And here's how it played out in her life. That even though as she accumulated and had more and more money as, as she went on, she still lived in an understanding as though she were poor. Do you know, understand what I'm saying? Things like this. She would wash her clothes in her washing machine, which she had a washing machine. That was a certain amount of, of wealth. She would wash those clothes in that washing machine, and she would allow the rent cycle, and she would stop the washing machine on the rent cycle. She would take her clothes out, wring them out, and hang them up, 
and reuse the rinse water to do her next wash load. And she did that every single time. Can you imagine that? Of taking that and just reusing that water. The other thing that she would do is every Christmas she would save all the bows from any present that had been wrapped. And she would collect them. And we used to make fun of her and she would reuse them for the next year. And when she died, we went into a closet in her spare bedroom and it was full of, guess what? Bows. She used to take the little Ziploc bags, and instead of throwing them away, she would rinse them out, okay? I'm not even going to ask for a show of hands if anybody else in this room does that. She would rinse out the Ziploc bags and put them over mason jars to dry them out to reuse the Ziploc bags. We said, Granny, those are like a half a cent a piece. You can throw those away. But here's what we see. When we live in a state of understanding our, if we feel we're poor, we compensate with a thing called hoarding or bringing things, or keeping everything, and not getting rid of anything. And some of you, and some of us, are like that sometimes financially. Sometimes we're like that with relationships, that we hold them so close to us because we've been hurt in some point in our past. So my first question is this, do do you feel poor? Maybe not just financially, maybe it is financially, but maybe it is in some other area. The second thing we see in this passage, are, are we broken hearted? today. You feel broken hearted. People have harmed you in some way. As Pastor Bart talked early on in this series and he talked about forgiveness. Is there a person in your life that you need to grant forgiveness to and release them and not allow them to keep you held bondage by your lack of forgiveness to them. As he talked about Philemon and Onesimus and how we, we see in that story an understanding that we hold one another bondage when we choose not to forgive. So are you broken hearted? Do you struggle in, in a relationship where you have been harmed? Some of you have been harmed deeply by the church. It is an epidemic in our society. Why people go out of church and they never darken the doors again because someone has acted in a hypocritical way towards them. We're broken hearted. Do you feel that? Do you feel held captive by your broken heartedness? We are held captive by the fears that we have. We talked about the fears that, that we experience, the fears of others, that we don't have to fear human, other humans, either men or women. We don't need to fear them because if Christ is with us, who can be against us, right? So as we look at this, do we have a fear of others? Are we always looking for the attention of others? Are we always doing the dance in order to get the hug? Or do we feel like we're always in this approval? Do we overcompensate by controlling our relationships? Are we held captive by those fears? Are we held captive by anxiety in our lives of things that are going on that we can't control so we get anxious? Just tell them, Pastor Bart, I did not sleep very well last night. There are so many things in this service, so many different elements that are moving around. I was thinking about them all night long, and I was dealing with the very same thing that I'm preaching to you about, which is very frequent that we do that, and that is dealing with some of that anxiety. Maybe you are held bound captive to depression. And we've talked about the fact that sometimes that's physical and sometimes it's spiritual and sometimes it's a blend of of both. But do you feel held captive by depression in your life or by the, the messages that Satan would send your way? We talked about that as well. Are you a prisoner of your past? Maybe it's some as, as maybe you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but there's some area of your life that you just struggle to give over to him. 
It is an area of habitual sin that you continually fall back into. It is an addiction. It is something that, that maybe you have, have continued to try to move on from, but it seems to just have its talons in you and always want to pull you back in to it. You feel held captive, bondage to a sense of addictions, habits, or sinfulness in our lives. Well, as we walk through these, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. As we, the one final one, I forgot about this one, but it is, do we mourn a loss of a particular thing in our lives? This could be a very specific person. could be a person in your life that you're mourning, that you are struggling with, that you've lost them. They are no longer physically present in your life. But others of you mourn the loss of a relationship. Maybe it's multiple relationships. Maybe it was a divorce that happened. Maybe it is that you mourn the loss of a dream in your life. Maybe your kids didn't turn out the way that you wanted them to turn out. Maybe they haven't followed you. Maybe they don't want a relationship with you like you wanted them to have. And so you deal with the death of what I call the death of a dream. And so there's a loss that takes place. Maybe you're mourning that. Jesus and and Isaiah talk about this fact that he wants to turn this mourning into something different. Now, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. In front of you should be, if our other services have helped us in this process, you should find a Sharpie on your row. You may need to share it with others that are there. I want you to get that. Just locate that right now. I'm going to ask Danny just to play. Now, I'm going to give you some time just to reflect. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to write on this stone that you were given some of these things that you were burdened by. And as we just give you some time to do that, I'm just going to kind of lead you through this with these questions that are up on the screen. So you may look up there. There may be other things that we haven't talked about that you would say, this is something that I feel held captive by. I I feel held back. I feel like this is something, it's a weight that I'm carrying that's not allowing me to be all that God wants me to be. I just want you to write that on that stone. If there's somebody that you need to forgive, I'd encourage you to write just their first name. Put it on that stone. Someone that you've lost, write their name down. Now, you may choose not to write anything. That's okay. You can prayerfully just allow this stone to represent these things in your life. But just take a few moments. Write some things down. You may write anxiety or a particular fear that you have. particular addiction to something, a sin that holds you back. You may have a huge decision in front of you that you are very concerned about. Write it down. Put it on that stone. I'm going to pray over us. And through the remainder of this message time, I just want you to know, continue to write. If you feel led to write, write whatever you want on that stone. Let me pray for us. Father, we thank you that you love us. We thank you for the truth in this passage that we've already seen, that we're yet to see. I thank you that, Lord, you know every situation of every person in this room. That's how personal of a God you are. 
You know what we need. You know what we're afraid of. You know what we struggle with. And God, we pray that in this whole series that we've talked about, Lord, that we would begin to lay these things down before you. Lord, I pray that you would do your work and that your spirit would just bring things to to our minds that we need to write, that we need to speak over this stone. For Father, just as it symbolizes these burdens in our life, I'm reminded, Lord, of that story in the Old Testament on the Day of Atonement, those two goats, Lord, one would be, the, the sins of all the people would be placed upon and they would be sacrificed. And another, the sins would be placed upon and he would be released into the wilderness to represent the wandering where our sin would know us no more. God, I just pray that you would bring things to our mind that we need to release and burdens we need to lay down today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now again, I want to encourage you, just continue to write. Keep it there in front of you. Pass those Sharpies around. Allow allow God just to to begin to to see some of these things written down and begin to to feel them released from your life. These may be things that over the course of this these message or this message series that we've been doing, you may have been thinking about some of these things very specifically. And this is just a symbolic act that you're doing today in actually writing these. And now we're going to transition because this scripture makes a transition to what I'm calling the great exchange. That's what this is today. It is a great exchange. Look at verse 3. It says To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes. Now, what that's dealing with, I love that phrase. You probably have wondered where that phrase came from. It comes from right here in Isaiah 61. To exchange your ashes for beauty. So what are these ashes? It represents in the Old Testament an understanding that when someone would go through a loss, when they would mourn the loss of someone, they would take sackcloth, which was a rough Uh, outer clothing that would bring discomfort to the skin and they would take ashes and pour those ashes over their head and the ashes represented this when things that we uh, have in our lives are consumed and they're gone from our lives what's left ash and that ash can flitter about in the wind and it can be gone and can dissipate so this ash represents this it's all the loss of our lives That's the only thing that's left when everything has burned up. And when it's totally gone, all that's left is ash. And what God says about us is this. The great exchange is, people, bring me your ashes. Bring me all the destructiveness of what your life's look has been. And I will make that into something beautiful. To exchange the ashes for beauty. What else does he say? To give a joyous blessing instead of mourning. So as we're going about mourning, instead he wants us to exchange this to receive a joyful blessing. To give festive praise instead of despair. As we've done in worship today, to give praise to God instead of being despairing, asking God, where are you at? And in their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. What God says about you and I is this. In our bondage and in our captivity, we can exchange all those things and all those burdens to receive and become this blessing of a message that he gives over us. Instead, you and I are great, mighty oaks given for his glory. I want you to see this picture. I love this picture of this huge oak tree. 
Unfortunately, I do not have a picture of the oak tree that sat outside my window. I grew up on a farm in northwest Arkansas, and it sat about 150 yards away. And I could wake up every morning, and I could look at a tree that actually was a little bit larger than this tree. It was a blackjack oak tree. And I did a little uh, calculation this week and discovered that that tree that sat outside my bedroom window was between 200 and 250 years old that sat on that family piece of property. Unfortunately, a highway cut through our property, and that tree was in the very dead center of that property. I'm telling you, today, I could have chained myself to it and would have done something different. But I was a kid in the early 1980s, and so, oh, did I just say that? I think I did. I guess most of you didn't even see the 80s, did you? Okay, so as, as I was doing that, but I loved, absolutely loved that tree. This is not a picture of that tree, but it's, it's, it's symbolic of that tree. I remember taking a, a youth group up to Branson, Missouri, and we went through northwest Arkansas. And the thing that the kids remarked more than anything else was being from Texas, they said, we've never seen trees like this of that enormity. But I want you to think about that tree. I want you to think about the shelter and the shade that that tree gave. I want you to think about the birds that lived in it. What God says about you is that instead of having all this mourning and despair and captivity and all these things in your life, instead what God declares over over you and I is that you are a mighty oak. That's who God says that you are. You are this mighty oak that gives shelter for others. Here's the truth of this message today about freedom. Listen, moms and dads, grandparents and great-grandparents, here's what I'd say to you. If you don't deal with the baggage in your life, you will simply pass your baggage on to your kids and to your grandkids. This baggage that we have in our life, we have to go through it. We have to deal with it because God wants us to be a shade and a shelter, as we sang about earlier, for others. He wants this legacy to go forward. Underneath this tree, there was no grass that grew underneath this tree. But it was not just because it was a shady area. It was because guess where all of our cattle hovered under? They hovered under this tree. And they they just tilled up the grass around it because they were always under the shade and shelter of this tree. And our families and the people who go after us are in our shade and shelter if we will deal with the bondage and things that we have struggled with and the burdens of our life. If we make this great exchange, this is what God says about us. We are a firm foundation, a mighty oak. I want you to think about the root system that goes down into the ground as you think about this tree. Just like you see the beautiful canopy above the ground, what goes underneath the ground are all the incredible root system that goes deep And as you and I go deep into God's word, into the things he says over us, we are this mighty yoke. So we transition in this message to talking about all these burdens and and bondage and things that we are in to saying we can be free because we have a great exchange. That we can give our burdens to Jesus Christ. And in response, this is what we get. Matthew 11 says this. Matthew 11, 28 through 30 says, Then Jesus said, Come to me. All you who are weary and carry heavy burdens. Do we, are we sometimes a weary people? Do we sometimes feel that we're carrying these heavy burdens? All you who are weak and who are carrying these heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Now take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. 
You see, what Jesus says is this. I free you up, not just for you, but I free you up to allow you to take my yoke upon you. Well, that doesn't sound really good, does it? Now, wait a second. I'm giving my burdens to Jesus, but now I get his yoke. Does this mean that I should just rest and hang out? No. Here is the the emblem of this. This is an oxen yoke. And what I want want you to see in this oxen yoke is that there is two places to be occupied. There are two stanchions to be filled. And what Jesus Christ says to you and me is this. Look, when you come and you give me your burdens, I want you to know I will be yoked together with you in this battle, in this pull of of this Christian life that I've given you. What he says is this. Look, I am going to be the more mature, the stronger animal who pulls the greater weight And always there would be an older ox and a younger ox. The younger ox might provide energy and excitement and enthusiasm, but the older ox would continue to push and would give the wisdom and the knowledge of where they were supposed to go. And what Jesus Christ says to us today is, bring me your burdens and my yoke I will place on you because you are never alone in this life. I am always pulling with you. I'm carrying the weight. You and I are along for the ride. Amen? So when we do this, we're yoked together with Christ. I'm so excited about an event that's coming up in a a week or so that our ladies are doing. It's called, they're doing an ice cream social. But the whole intent of the social is this, that our older ladies of wisdom and the experiences of life that they would be able to share with the younger women at EVC. And there would be this blending of energy and also wisdom and this mentoring process. And that's exactly what Jesus is calling to us to do. Is that we have this ability to come to him and lay down our burdens. And to receive this yoke upon us that gives us purpose in life. And allows him to pull the weight of that yoke. This is the great exchange. What Jesus Christ wants to give us when we turn over our burdens to him. And that's exactly what we're going to do this morning. I wanted to give us time in this service to symbolize what God was doing and allowing us to become free. Your freedom is a choice. You can can stay bound up in all the things that you're in right now, or you can experience the freedom that he has for us. And so here's what we're going to do in just a few moments. Kara's going to come and she's going to sing. She's going to sing a song that really represents this whole process. I want you to hear the first couple of verses of that. And then I'm going to ask you, As Kyle is going to direct us, we're going to go from front to the back, and we're going to come row by row, and we're going to lay our burdens at the cross of Jesus Christ. And when we do that, we are going to make a great exchange, and we are going to exchange our burdens for the communion elements because I want you to see this great exchange. In the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it says this, verse 23, On the night when Jesus was betrayed, the Lord took some bread, And he gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. Once again, it's that totem. It's that understanding that we are symbolically receiving this because what Jesus wants us to do is that when we take communion together, what we're doing is we are remembering what he gave to us. We are remembering that we can always exchange our burdens and receive his body and blood over us. This is my body which is given to you. Do this to remember me. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper. And he said, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people. An agreement confirmed by by my blood. 
Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. What God has to say for us today is this. Look, I want you to exchange. I want you to lay your burdens down. And I want you to pick up my body and blood, which has been given for you and for me. And in doing this today, we are kind of, it's the capstone of this free series, understanding that we are laying this at Christ's feet and picking up his covering and his shelter over us. Amen? Would you bow with me? As we pray over this, I just want you to know that there's probably somebody here today that does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I just want to encourage you, in this time, for you to evaluate your own life and ask Christ, Jesus, if I don't know you, Jesus, would you come into my life? I want you to experience his freedom in that. For others of you, just an opportunity to confess before the Lord as we begin to take his communion. I just pray that you would sense and understand his love over you and that you would begin to be free. And as we come in just a moment, Kyle is going to direct us. I'm going to ask you just to listen to the words of of this song as Kara sings it. Envision yourself as you receive what God has for you as you lay your burdens down. And let's take the elements of Christ covering over us today.